This is the Wow Show, and I'm your host, China Myers, and I am your co-host, Dr. Varel Williams. I know you're hurting. I can see it in your eyes. So pull back the curtain and take off your disguise. Whoever told you it ain't worth the fight? Cross tells a story and a change of mind. 'Cause there's only love in the heart of God. No room for shame in His open arms. There's beauty from ashes, so come as you are. There's only love in the heart of. We at the Wow Show are here to spread words of wisdom and encouragement. Saying that, we know suicide is a very serious thing, and this is not taken lightly. And we want to extend our condolences to anyone who has lost someone to suicide. The reason for the two episodes of our suicide prevention real talk is to spread informative information and awareness in Jesus' name. Now, let's begin part one of our suicide prevention real talk. Wow, everybody! This is the Wow Show, and I'm your host, China Myers, and I have my co-host, Dr. V, here. She is a very intelligent, smart, powerful woman, and I know this subject is a really, really touchy subject. But I'm hoping that, with God's help, I can give my experience, words of wisdom, and Dr. V can give her PhD words of wisdom. I feel that if you don't have knowledge about a specific thing, you will tend to improvise or do your best. Well, when it comes to your life, I feel that doing your best is not good enough. I feel like improvising is not the way to go. You have to know the reasons and the causes and symptoms. And also the prevention. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about suicide and what people need to know, and what they can do, and how they can do that. So thank you so much for being here, everyone. Dr. V, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm so glad to be here today. And if I could, I just want to pause because this is a very, very sensitive topic that has been really, really ringing in society. And do have some statistics on the rate of suicide. And so I just want to pause for a minute to just say a prayer. Kind Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you, God, for this day. We thank you for this podcast, my host, China. Oh God, and it it is our desire, Father God. 
as China has stated, that we could be a help to someone and that God, that you will guide us and lead us throughout this show. And especially this one, that we may know, God, that you are guiding us, that you would help us to say all the right things in the name of Jesus. And that by someone listening to this podcast, that someone will hear the right words at the right time. And that this will be a preventative and a solution as to the thoughts where they thought that they were going to do one thing and it end up being another thing, which is victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, that was great. And I'm so glad you did that because we can't do anything without God's help. Amen. Amen. We have to realize that. And the sooner we realize that, the better off we'll be. Many years I thought I was, you know, this strong person and I can, you know, get over anything, but I failed each time and I figured out why, because I didn't have God by my side and I didn't ask for his help and I didn't lean on him for his strength to give me strength. So all the strength I thought I had, I didn't really. It was a myth on my part. I got a question for you that I think a lot of people might have the same question. And when people have this same question, they I believe they really, really need to get answers. Okay. Absolutely. I'm, yeah. I'm just agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah. That is that is very true, I think too. Where do suicide thoughts come from? And that is a powerful question. If I may start off with myself being a psychologist, you know, Suicide thoughts, depression, sadness, anxiety, none of that. It does not discriminate at all. And so as a psychologist, I know some of the things that I that I do and my skills, my knowledge, my understanding. I apply it to myself as well. Because the craziest thing, China, you know, I can recall that I was driving across the bridge. And this voice came out of nowhere and it said, why don't you just run off the road? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, what the heck? That is not my thought. And as many of you know, we have conscious thoughts and we have subconscious thoughts. And with the subconscious thoughts, that's just the thoughts that come to you randomly. It's not controlled. And then with your conscious thoughts, you were able to control, think before you speak, and then, you know, talk, talk about you were able to process it. And so the thoughts can come from anywhere, from you having a situation that's out of your control. It could be you being sad, you being very sad, you know, it could come from different things. Like where does the suicide thoughts come from? It comes from you making the decision that the enemy can fool you and say, oh, that was the worst decision that you ever made in your life. And then you become entrapped. Then you think, oh, there's no way out. Then there's hopelessness that comes in. And so when we talk about sadness, we talk about suicidal thoughts, anything as a person, we are emotional. 
We're emotional. We're so, we got feelings. When these things come up, it can be directly related to a decision that you made. It could be a breaking up of a relationship. It could be just you losing everything, like at one time, like a sudden disaster that you think that you can get out of. So it comes from entrapment of thoughts. And so I could go on and give you a list of it, but mm-hmm. but that is the beginning of suicidal thoughts. Like they're they're okay. coming in, then people begin to struggle with depression and sadness and things like that. Me myself, the suicidal thought came when I couldn't take anymore. Okay, I had had enough. I had went through so many things, one thing after another for years. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I mean that. That is not exaggeration. Yeah. That enemy was after me. Okay. Yeah. He was constantly trying to bring down my bubbly personality, even with trials and tribulations. Okay. Because I always mm-hmm. felt that regardless of what kind of day you're having, okay, you got to step back and take a moment and say, okay, well, it could have been worse, right? Mm-hmm. But as I explained to you before, no matter how bubbly my personality was, no matter how strong I was, there were moments when I said, okay, this is enough, all right? This is enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what I had to realize is that everything that I thought, even though I thought, you know, I was a strong person or thought about the trials and tribulations, I didn't put God in there. Yeah. And I didn't lean on him to give me strength. I counted on my own strength, which is the wrong thing to do. And I'm just true story. It is the wrong thing to do. When you Mm -hmm. put your faith in God and you lean on God for your strength instead of your own strength, the outcome is totally different. Mm -hmm. And you will feel totally different about the end result. Okay. Mm -hmm. The end result is totally different. If you think you can do it all yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. Total opposite of the result when you count on God. That's a fact. Okay. So, so let me jump in real quick right there, China. So when you said enough was enough, did you feel trapped? No way out. Like, like life was just done. It was, it was hopeless to even try anything else. Yes, it was hopeless. There was nothing else I could do. I had tried to get a solution for everything because Mm -hmm. that's my nature. Okay. If there's a problem, I get a solution. I don't sit around. Oh, okay. What I'm going to do now. Oh, let me sit in this corner and think about it. No, my, my personality is I will immediately try to get a solution, but there was no solutions to all of the problems that came my way. There was there, mm-hmm. there was no solutions because of the actions I took. So mm-hmm. I kind of backed myself in a corner in every turn because I had no idea what I was doing. I was I was young and and I had no idea the right decisions to make. I did my best, and when it came to my best, I failed. And yeah. I didn't have God. I believe in God. I tell that story all the time. I believed in God, but I didn't know what that meant. So I found out that that meant you have to put your trust in him. You have Mm -hmm. to believe in him. You have to count on him. You have to lean on him. Mm -hmm. You have to call on him. 
whenever mm-hmm. those times arise that you feel happy, sad, or whatever the case may be, you have to always lean on him, count on him, call on him, and depend on the Holy Spirit every step of the way of life, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like how you said that. I want to put it like this. My question was to my clients. Where do you go to? What do you do when life has taken its course with you, when it seemed unbearable? What do you do and what's your go-to? And so for the ones who's not spiritual or doesn't believe in God, I've had atheists, I've had people that know about God. But when I talk about God or spiritual being, it does, it's not a religious thing. We, ourselves, our spirit being, our soul has feelings, we have emotions, all of that. So my thing is, what is your go-to? And yours was God, same as me. And I had a couple of my clients, one, for example, says, oh, I go to the nature. I go outside. I look to the trees, to the wind, to the nature. Okay. So that was our go-to. So how does that resolve anything? Where does that go? How does that help you? And she wasn't really able to explain that. But in her mind, in her sense, is that it was a a sense of breath that would cause her to calm down. Then there was another question about where where do you go to again when you feel like life has just taken its course? And another person said, well, I go within myself. Well, how is that working for you? Yeah. It, it, how is that working for you? Because as human being, God created us to depend on each other, to love each other, the people. It's called the human not, connection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He did not create us to create us to be alone. He created humanity. Okay. Amen. So, so with that said, that is a personal experience that you experienced, China. Same thing with me. I can give testimonies after testimony that I know without a doubt, because it's my true testimony that if it had not been for God, that I would not be where I am today. So that was my go-to. And people in my therapy session, you know, I respect the thoughts and the opinions of other people. But but my thing is, let's come up with some results. Let's come up with some imperial evidence of this is working for you. So, so far I've been able to do that. You've been able to do that, but then we're still teaching and helping others to know that there's more, there's, Mm -hmm. there's more than there's a higher being. Some people call them higher being, but it is God. Yeah. So that could be a whole nother just to my listening audience who not a people of faith, but just expand your mind and then begin to think if this is not working for you, okay, there's other things out there. And so that's what the show about is to let you know as humanity that we are here for one another. God did not create create us to be alone. No, he did not. Apparently, you know, if you're having suicidal thoughts, what you have done that far has not worked. Absolutely. So you, you've got to try something else. And how do you do that? By getting help. You mm-hmm. have to get help because apparently that doing it on your own is not working. Again, I failed in that department as well. I didn't get help. Mm-hmm. But I I felt like I didn't have any help. You know, that yeah. was my thing. So here's, here's the question for people who don't have any help. 
okay, because I didn't have any help. I was a young girl. I didn't know there was help, believe it or not. <laughs> this is the age of information. This is this is a whole nother world, okay? Mm-hmm. You can find help anywhere. You can go online and get help. You can get help virtually. Mm-hmm. You, you can make a phone call and get help. So my point is, don't think that you can do it on your own. Mm-hmm. If you see the results are not good, yeah. get help immediately. And I'm mm-hmm. going to say that a lot of times until this show is over so that people understand that you can't do it alone, apparently, mm-hmm. if you're having suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. Okay? So come to that realization and do what you have to do. So now the next question, are there triggers for suicidal thoughts? Absolutely. Whether you believe it or not, I kind of looked up another one specifically. Anxiety is one. Some people have some anxiety. It is off the roof. With triggers, you got to, my question is always, what triggered it? What what were you doing at that time? What was happening? Mm-hmm. So that that's one way of, of coming to direct contact. Or who, who or who triggered it? Yeah. yeah. Who, what, where? Right. Who, what, where? Who did it? Where were you? What was going on mm-hmm. at that time? Mm-hmm. Because a trigger, even for us, triggers, it doesn't discriminate, China. No, no. I have triggers. You have triggers. Definitely. And so you have to know some of the things that triggers you. Some of the things you may not know what triggers you until until it happens right then and there. Right. So with triggers, triggers can come from so many different avenues. It could come from your finances. It can come from a broken relationship. It can come from a toxic relationship. It can come from a huge decision that you're making. Triggers are triggers. Triggers yeah. anything that may cause you to go off or to or to be off balance or knowing that here it is something has triggered you and then you it's it's almost like a like an, an out of life experience because a trigger it's so intense and you don't know it most of the time until it happened at that very moment i'm going to give you an example now my mother i say this all the time mm-hmm. great woman powerful woman very very you know compassionate but she wasn't a good mother okay mm-hmm. now as a mother now i know that it's hard being a mother mm-hmm. <laughs> okay it's not an easy <laughs> it's not an easy job okay mm-hmm. so maybe she did the best that she could do i just want to put that out there okay mm-hmm. so my point is when i would visit a friend's house this is when i was living on the street i was homeless mm-hmm. and i had a friend in school and she would let me stay at her house sometime. Now, she couldn't let me stay there all the time because her mother would have became suspicious and she would have said, you know, go back to your mom, whatever. So she would let me stay at her, her house sometime. And when I would stay there, it was a trigger for me. I didn't realize it till years after, but it was a trigger because I seen the relationship her mother, her father, her whole yeah. family had. Yeah. So when I would leave there, I would become so depressed. Yeah. And thank you for giving that example. I was just going to ask you, like, give us an example. And that's a really good one. Yeah. And I didn't realize that that was 
an actual trigger, you know, yeah. seeing mm-hmm. them what I had always imagined a family should be like. Yeah. Okay. But let's clarify that, people. Okay. Just because you have this version of what your family should be like doesn't make it true. Okay. Because yes. all families are different, you know, and I should have realized that I do now. Okay. Yeah. She had a mother, she had a father, they had a great relationship. But okay, you might just have a mother and your relationship might be come see, come saw. That's okay. You still have a relationship. Be grateful for that relationship you have. Okay. So my point is don't compare yourself to other people. This is what we do today as human beings. We compare ourselves to other people. We compare our marriage to other marriages. We compare, you know, families to other families. We compare body types to other body types. We've got to stop it, okay? Because God made us all beautiful and all individuals. There's no same person in this world. He made us all different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And our families are all different. I mean, maybe I would have got sick of them people kissing and hugging and, you know, saying how much they love each other all the time. I would have maybe got sick of that. So maybe that's why God put me with the mother <laughs> that I had. You know, yeah. I said, suck it up. You know, It's like, we've got to stop doing that. We yeah. Really do. Yeah. We so, really do. Uh, yeah. Are there disorders caused by chemical imbalances, uh, uh, like depression and all that stuff? Are there certain disorders that because of the chemical imbalance, they have these, the sadness or emotion, mm-hmm. you know, emotional road coasters or anything like that? Mm-hmm. When we talk about mood disorder and chemical imbalance, we're we dealing with, with two different disorders. Chemical imbalances could be caused by alcohol, by drug use, by different things, or certain medication that we take in that a doctor may have abruptly, they may have to stop it abruptly because it caused depression. And that in my case, as a clinical therapist, I've worked with a psychiatrist where he had pres- prescribed a certain medication to do one thing, but client end up experiencing most of the side effect, which was suicidal thoughts. So we had to immediately stop the medication and give another one that was going to counteract it. And then yes, as far as chemical imbalances, even, even for ourselves, you know, we, sometimes we can be going through something and not know it. And then going to go into the doctor or the hospital or find out that we have a chemical imbalance that was caused by, it could be a variety of things from medical to health. It, it could be anything, you know, I'm not a, a doctor MD in that area, but I do know some of the experience of working with it. And I do know that that there are also mood disorders that genuinely cause sadness. It, it causes abrupt reactions. People may, may do something without, without thinking. So when we're talking about 
mood disorders and chemical imbalances, all that have a lot to do with thoughts, your emotions, and it can be treated. But if you are long-term without it being treated, then sure, it could lead to some depression. It could lead to, to some sadness. And what does depression usually, if it's untreated, it leads to suicidal thoughts. And so there could be a variety of things that would cause that. And so okay. you just have to, you, you have to know your body. You have to know when you're experiencing different things, just like you, like me, China. I know for me, whenever there's something that's, that's not normal that goes on with my body or, or if I'm doing something seems like to be more, well, let me give you an example. Like one, I was forgetting my, my keys, forgetting where I was putting things. And immediately I'm like, okay, something is wrong. Let mm -hmm. me go and make sure that, that I'm okay that I'm not, you know, dementia is not coming or different things. And so, and so that, that lasted for about a couple of weeks, but it was exhaustion. Mm -hmm. I was exhausted. Okay. So I had to rest. I had to go somewhere. I, I had to just stop all the, the midnight working and all that yeah. and just rest because our body, again, any of those things does not discriminate. It could happen at any time. It's right. self-care. It's self-love. We have to take care of ourselves. Amen. Oh, you are so right. And I'm going to give an example. My daughter, you know, every now and then she'd say, oh, I'm so depressed. You know, well, you have to be empathetic. I'm trying to think, okay, what's going on here? So I said, so are you depressed today? Yes. And I don't know why I'm very sad. And I said, well, you know, you got some stuff to be sad about, but you got more blessings, you know, so... I started to take notice when she would say that to me, okay? Because she's my child. You have to look after children, okay? Yeah. And and assess the situation. When I was a CNA, I'm going to digress for a second there. Mm -hmm. They said the best thing you could do for a patient is to assess the situation. Mm -hmm. So that means you look around and you see or listen to what's going on, okay? Mm -hmm. So... So that's what I did with her. I assessed the situation. And what I noticed is, is that every month around the same time, she would feel depressed and sad and or angry and mad. One, you know, one of those, it wasn't always the same. So I said to her, I want you to start marking down your menstrual on the calendar the day it comes. So she started doing that. It was a week before her mentor would come that she was starting to feel sad or mad or angry. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that was That's her hormones. Mm -hmm. Okay. We figured out it was her hormones and I let her know that it's your hormones. Okay. So you're not crazy. Okay. You might feel sad, but it is yeah. normal. Okay. Mm -hmm. To be feeling sad. It's not the end of the world. But it mm -hmm. is normal for you to be feeling sad or mad or angry. So now that you know what the situation is, okay, mm -hmm. you, go, you go, you drink a hot cup of tea, you lay down until those feelings pass, okay? But they will pass. Yeah. But it's, it's because of, of, of that. She never had a problem again. But she realizes it now and she's aware of it. Yeah. Before it, she didn't know what the situation is. Now she knows why. Okay. Yeah. And, and sometimes yeah. if you get a why, okay, 
it helps you tremendously because there's a reason. If there's a reason, then you can try to fix that reason. Mm -hmm. And I believe that there's never not a reason. I believe there's always a reason for that sadness or Mm -hmm. that depression. There's always a reason. So when you get help, that person helping you can maybe try to figure that out for you. Okay. Yeah. I had a friend, she went to a nutritionist and she, she couldn't figure out why she's gaining all this weight. You know, she couldn't figure it out. You know, she barely eats, she exercised. She's still overweight. So I said, go check out a nutritionist. It might be something you're doing. You don't know. All right. Get help. And that was her help. So she did. She went to nutritionist. Well, come to find out, she was taking a pill called lecithin. It's a vitamin, but it was in, they have lecithin in granules that you could put on cereal and stuff, but then they have the one in pill form. That one causes your thyroid to act up and yeah. it messes with the, the function of your thyroid. Mm-hmm. So that's what the nutritionist said. Stop that immediately. Because when she came in, the nutritionist said, okay, show me two weeks of what you're eating, vitamins you're taking, all this stuff. Well, the lecithin was the problem because when she cut that lecithin out, she began to lose weight tremendously. Yeah. So getting a solution to the problem is always better than nothing. Okay. Yeah. I, I have a firm belief, and this will go with me till the day I die. Doing nothing should never be a solution. Yeah. Should never be a solution. Because I know people, they have a, I I knew this guy, another quick story. He had a cold. And every time I say, oh, I got a cold. Okay, well, do something about that cold. He's coughing, he's sneezing. I'm like, go to the doctor, take some D3, do something. Doing nothing shouldn't be a solution. Guess what? He died. My goodness. I kid you not. Even his wife kept saying to him, go to the hospital. And do you know, after two weeks of suffering with this bad cold and doing nothing, she finally called an ambulance And she said, I'm calling the ambulance today because he was constantly going to work. He didn't want to lose money. He figured he had to support his family, blah, blah, blah. And she she called 911. They took him to the hospital and he literally stopped breathing. The the mucus that he had all built up went into his bronchial tubes, then went into his lungs, and then went into his kidneys, and he died. Oh, my goodness. I kid you Mm. not. So... I always say doing nothing is never, should never be a solution. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Before we get back to the Inspirational Wow Show, I want to take a moment and talk about China Myers' best-selling, gripping, heartfelt book titled A Letter to God. You can find this true life story on Amazon. Now, back to the Wow Show. I want to jump in real quick. You Please. powerful examples and I wanted to make also make a correction I wanted to add that chemical imbalances also can be you can be diagnosed with one you can be born with a chemical imbalance so so depending on what diagnosis that a doctor gives you and then he goes into to detail to explain how that chemical imbalance affects you so I forgot about that part but okay so in addition it's the, it's it could be chemical in the mind you're saying Absolutely. in the brain 
in the brain. Yeah, okay. it, it could be mental. It could because it's it's genetic. That's why they always ask members like when they go to the hospital, they always ask the history of your parent. Right. You know, people get upset about that. They don't want like what does that have to do with with me? It has everything to, everything to, to do with do. what you have inherited. If, yeah. if there's a father or mom with heart problems, there's a chance that you could have heart problems or it passed down to another sibling. If there's someone that's schizophrenia, there's a chance that it may skip you, but could go to a granddaughter or a grandson. We are definitely connected in genetics. Yes. Definitely. Okay. That's good to know because I'm sure there might have been people that didn't know that. Good question. That was a very, very good answer because... If you don't know, how can you try to fix it? We can't assume. My mother used to say, when you assume, okay, you make a jerk out of yourself. Yes, you in trouble. <laughs> you in trouble. Yes. You can't assume what might be the problem. So getting help is very, very important. Okay. And it doesn't mm -hmm. matter if you're 15, you know, ask your mother, take it to a doctor, something's wrong. If you're 20, see what's going on. Go to a doctor, go to a psychiatrist, go to your parents, go to your friends. Say, hey, something's not right. I'm going to give a quick another example. I had a friend, she said to me, something's not right. And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, I'm hallucinating. I said, what? Wait a second. How's that happen? Give me an example. Well, she said she was in the kitchen one day. She seen a rat like run across the floor. Wow. And she's like, I don't have any rats. Okay, wait a minute. Was that really a rat? So then she seen like a bird go past her face and she's mm. in the house. So this was serious. So I'm saying to her, okay, you got to get help. But then wait a minute. I thought about it. I know this woman loves Stevia. Loves it. And Stevia. That's that sugar. That's that mm -hmm. no calorie sugar. I got it. Got it. Well, guess what? It causes hallucinations. My goodness. I kid you not. It causes hallucinations. So I said to her, okay, yeah, you definitely need help. But guess what? Here's something. Stay away from the Stevia for a little while and see if it helps. She did it for two weeks. That was the problem. Okay. Wow. She was hallucinating because of stevia. So I wanted to get that out there for people. If you're taking that sweetener to lose weight or to cut down on your sugar, just use organic, regular sugar, mm -hmm. raw sugar. Much better for you. It's an antibiotic. It's going... To not make you hallucinate. <laughs> okay. What are some reasons why people feel sad? I think people need to know that too. And I gave one example. My daughter was feeling sad because her hormones were going through. She, it was time for her menstrual. So that was a reason why she was feeling sad. But can you think of some other reasons? You know, their life. I can think of a lot of reasons. But mm -hmm. people might not realize what are yeah. some reasons why people are feeling sad? Because it's mm -hmm. not for no reason. All right. So yeah. give an yeah. example. Twix is one of the guys that very famous. I really liked him. I followed him a lot. And as. Who was as, that? As Twix. He was on Jenner's show. 
do, he was a DJ for okay. Alan Jenner's show. A very popular guy. I don't know if you remember him, but he was a DJ yeah. and it was very sad. You, 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 if you get a chance, look him up. He was a very, okay. very bubbly guy, happy. Nobody saw it coming. As the suicide began to pile up as the results of what may have happened, because people, like, it was like he was such a great guy. He was bubbly. He was an activist for suicide, all these things. And yeah. then he did. What, what we found out as it kept leading on that he had lost everything to gambling and he didn't want to let his wife know. So that was just one. But who's to say if that's still proven right now? But this is media said that he had lost everything. And I can give some examples for, like I said previous, it could be a bad decision that a person makes. And then in their mind, you know, they think that they can't get out of it. And so they're trapped, particularly if it's a family man or you have kids, you have a wife and you end up, you know, you make a bad deal. You feel like you can't recover from that. And then so you go into isolation. You don't tell nobody what you've done, what has happened. And then this is a decision that you make that create all while you're in isolation. That's where the depression increase. That's where the sadness increase because you're not talking out loud. You don't have anybody that you feel that you can trust or go to. And then there are loss of someone to a death. It could be a death. A person feel like they can't make it without them in life. It could be a relationship honestly, with both, both gender, a male and a female broke up relationship and they just couldn't see out. They couldn't see themselves with no one else. And so it came to a point where if I can't be with them, then I don't want to live. And so, you know, we had to create results or things to help them to go through to deal with that because it's just entrapment and it's feeling hopeless. And so I want to, if I can, I just want to read just some statistics. This is from the Center of Disease Control and Prevention. And so this is some literature all the way from 2017 to March of 2022. So suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States overall for people ages 35 to 54 and it ranks fourth. And the 10 to 34 years old, it's second. Over the decades, suicide rates have climbed and fallen and climbed again. The healthcare is looking at the struggles that people are going through. And some of the leading causes is identity crisis. That's one that's at risk. Some of the causes are, you know, hopelessness. And this is from the suicide research that say that situations is some of the reports that they're getting. I think I already mentioned gambling. I mentioned hopelessness, people living alone, not connecting, not hear this word a lot from people say, oh, I can do bad by myself or, or I don't need nobody. You know, I can do this on my own. I don't need a man to, or I don't need a woman or I don't need my family, you know, so when you begin to hear the people talk like that, these are some signs, these are some symptoms where isolation is starting to put them in different spaces. If I may, just to give just a few symptoms. Yeah. Is, so when you hear a person for a step, for example, they make statements like, I'm going to kill myself, or I wish I was dead, or I wish I hadn't been born. Now, 
from my experience, I hear that a lot from my teen, from my from me doing therapy with teens. And mm-hmm. it, it it could be something as simple as taking away their cell phone, China. Wow. Unbelievable. The, Taken away their cell phone. We have had where we had teen teenagers, they had to go into emergency. But here's the thing where psychologists, doctors, and all of us have started coming together. So these are preventions that we decided to do. So we so they come in ER, we know what's going on. You know, you simply got your phone taken away from you, but you out of control. You act like you can't get yourself together. So right. this gives us an opportunity to keep them for days, three days to a week and put them in group therapy along okay. with the others where they're able to express themselves, they're able to talk, whereas they're not able to talk at home or with other people. So that's some of the things that we're finding as a psychologist that begins to work. And then not just that, we're being advocates for many of the teenagers, like I do support groups, not just for teens, but I do it for whatever age group. There's no age group, but you have to put it in range as to the support that you're doing. So with my teens, they're separate. And I may have 35 to 54 people that comes in that live alone that, you know, talking about daily life experiences. So support groups you can reach Mm -hmm. out to. And then, you know, like I said, we have therapy sessions for we for our children. We have resources available, all type of resources, which I'll give at the end of the show. Then we Mm -hmm. also have, you know, there's so many preventions if our if people would just reach out. So that's what we are. I think the parents need to step up. Okay. I I don't mean to sound harsh, Mm -hmm. but the parents need to step up. So you go, okay, how do I do that? All right. Well, the child is just a child. Mm -hmm. I've told my children, I told my daughter, my youngest daughter, get a hold of your emotions. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you do not learn to get a hold of your emotions, okay, you will be in trouble. All right. As Mm -hmm. you grow, you get emotional maturity, okay? Mm -hmm. Emotional intellect. But you've got to start somewhere, okay? Getting a phone taken away is not the end of the world. Okay, it might seem like it. Seems like it. Mm -hmm. But that's not real. Example, Mm -hmm. my daughter goes to a youth group on Wednesdays. And... She has a friend there that, for whatever reason, they don't speak anymore. So I said, was she there? She said, yeah, she was there. And she ignores her. She, you know, she turns her back on her. She just doesn't speak to her anymore. I think it's jealousy, but who am I? I don't know her. You know, what's in her mind? I said, you know, did you see her? Because she doesn't come all the time. So, yeah, she was there, my daughter said. I said, oh, so what happened? She goes, oh. She goes, I just can't take it. She goes, I was there first. My daughter has been there since she was a little girl. Now, this girl just started maybe three or four years ago. And Mm -hmm. she goes, I was there first. But she said, I'm really thinking about not going. So I said to her, not a good decision. I said, first of all, you were there first. Okay, that's the first thing. That's the second thing. She doesn't want to bother with you. 
You know, she moved on, whatever the case is, she's mad, who knows? Not your problem, okay? Mm -hmm. Think of her as a chair in the room. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? I said, okay, do you care if that chair is there or not? She said, no. I said, okay, so think of her as a chair in the room, all right? If she talks to you, that's fine. You talk to her. But if she doesn't talk to you and she wants to ignore you and be rude, pretend she's a chair in the room. You don't care whether that chair is there or not because you were there first. You like going. You're learning from, you know, the Bible. It's a good thing. Pretend she's a chair. She said she did it. The chair has no longing affecting her. So you got to come up with these. As a parent, you got to do these things. Okay, so what if I said nothing? She would want to stop. And that's not fair. That's not right. She was there first. She's been going. She gets something from it. She likes going. She She has friends there, you know. So doing nothing, again, I don't think was a good solution. So I gave her that suggestion. And, you know, it worked. You know, we can do that as parents. We don't have to be psychiatrists. Okay. Yeah, or psychologist. I wanted to jump in. It seems like you have a really, really good relationship with your your child, with your daughter, I and do. that is one of the things that we advocate for. Because here's the thing: it's not a good picture of children be having great relationship with their parents. That's one of the number one problems that we have because they don't our, have a good relationship. Children, that they don't have a good relationship with their mom or dad is missing and they're living with friends. So where's the teaching coming from? You know, how is that's the big thing. And I tell them that's what mentors are for. That's what people you can you can look around you. And if they would be subjective to having someone to hold them accountable. But many of the teens who I work with, they they have bad relationships with their mom, don't talk to their mom, don't talk to family. Uh, Friends are more important to them than family. So the very issue that you're talking about is is the almost the number one thing that we run into because we have girls they're into it with each other it is jealousy it is you think you better than i am or or it is something that yeah i want to be like you but i don't want you to know it right. so so we dealing with all these backbiting all these little hand packing emotions all this, yeah yeah and this is where we need especially to a maturity of like you know hey let's come up with some common resolutions that we can do and you mentioned that chair that was awesome we have other things that we try and work on but it had they have to have a willing heart for it and many of them just i don't want to sound hopeless but that is our number one things as uh, professionals is getting our children getting our young teens to understand at this point how important that is how important it is you need people you, you need, need people family, you need your you mom, need yeah. Be, yeah, you need to be accountable. Yeah, yeah. And Many see, a lot, a lot of times as teenagers, kids will look at parents, and then they'll look at maybe their friend's parents. Now, they, they've got to realize, and I'm telling you parents, if you got teenagers, listen to this show, this episode, if nothing else. Okay, you have your kids they're looking at their friends' parents. Now, their friends' parents might be different than you guys. Not a problem, all right? Because every family isn't going to be the same, okay? 
and be grateful for the family you have because there might be secrets in that family that you know nothing about, you know, and, and work on and be grateful for your blessings that you do have because Absolutely. it could be a lot worse. And it, the more you say that to yourself, the more become relevant in your life, you know, mm -hmm. I, I really believe that. These teenagers, you know, the parents are like, oh, she won't listen. What? Okay. There's no such thing in yeah. my house. Okay. My kids used to say, oh, I don't feel like going to school today. I, are you dying? No. <laughs> are you bleeding? No. Well, then let's get out the door. But first, yeah. before you go, why don't you want to go to school? Oh, there's this one girl that bothers me all the time. So I, I found out why before I said get out the door. So I got him out the door and I called the school and I said, hey, we have a problem. There's a girl that keeps bothering my daughter and she doesn't want to confront her and she, you know, she doesn't want trouble. Take care of this girl. Okay. Before I have to call her mom. All right. And I will do it. And they got, you know, they called to the office. They said, listen, if you bother her again, you're going to be suspended. We're giving you a warning. She never bothered her again. So you have to figure things out. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know life is busy. I know you know, you're struggling to make ends meet. You got to work another job. You got to do overtime because everything's so expensive. But take the time. It doesn't take long to figure out what's going on with your children. Okay. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad parent, but you've got to do it. Even if you take them to a psychiatrist or a psychologist, you've got to, to still do your job. And that's your job to take care of your child. Okay. You can't let somebody else take care of your child. I'm going to give another example real quick. That's so true. I was teaching my granddaughter how to do her times tables and tell time. She was doing great. She was like five years old. And that's what I did with all my children. I taught them how to, the times tables and I taught them how to tell time. The ones that I could do that with, I did. And when they went to school, they didn't feel inferior. They had, you know, some understanding of things, you know. So I tried to do that with my granddaughter. And I tried to teach her how to tell time. And she was doing great. I tried to teach her a timetable. She was doing really good. And so I said to my daughter, keep this up, you know. Practice her timetables with her. You know, I made up some flashcards. Make her practice her time, you know. Let's say, oh, what time is it? Go look at the clock, you know. And have her learn this stuff because it's very important. My daughter said to me, I'm not the teacher. I said, I know you're not. She goes, that's what the teacher's for. I said, what? <laughs> I said, you can't put everything on the teacher is my point. People want to put it on somebody else. Oh, the psychiatrist is taking care of that. She's seen a psychiatrist. Okay, but you still have a job to do. Yeah. Okay, the teacher's going to teach her. Okay, but she's your child. Okay, help her with this stuff so when she gets to school, she won't feel inferior because she'll know it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, so, that's a good one. <laughs> crazy. Does feeling sad mean you're crazy? Absolutely not. That's a good time to bring this up. This is one of my examples. I have three stories that I could talk about suicide. One was my one of my... Good friends, her son, never saw it coming, jolly guy, happy guy, and 
He took his life in his bedroom while mom then was there. We never saw it coming, just a shock. Then the second one was a client, a young teen guy that I was seeing, and he didn't make the football team. And so he was very popular, and that was a shame. That was shameful for him. So here's the signs. He's telling people, I want to kill myself. I want to do this. You know, and then he started pulling away from the crowd. He started withdrawing from social contact and wanting to be alone. And so, but his he had these three good friends that would not let him be alone in China. And so they called the office and they said, hey, we think such and such is going to try and do something to himself. We're headed over there. Can you call, like, can you tell the psychiatrist or and wow. we said no you call 911 so that they will meet you there sure enough they got to the house they was calling his name he wouldn't answer and one of the kids through a window he was upstairs getting ready to he had already threw a four, few things in the bathtub and he was wow. getting ready to do a blow dry that he had turned on and, <gasps> was getting, and the radio was getting ready to throw it in there and the oh, girl screamed and she was like, no, no, no. And they all ran. And he, mind you, he's in the bathtub, fully clothed, water up to here. Oh and so goodness. they talked him out of that with love, China. They talked yeah. him out of it with love. And so still here today, he, he made it. He's alive. He's an Thank advocate you, for suicide. Yeah, wow. a, a, a very popular, young, handsome young man. Didn't make the football yeah. team. I don't know why. But now he's an, uh, an activist. For suicide because nobody would have ever believed like that. You too popular. How can that happen to you? And yeah. then my last one is when you ask that question, being sad, is it crazy? No way, no way, no whole thing. So this was a spiritual woman. We had three of us praying together. I was mm -hmm. a dancer, the litur liturgical dancer. Then she was a psalmist that was mm -hmm. singing. And then we had a, a prayer a minister okay. that we all got together and we did comfort. We was praying together, not knowing. I mean, the girl could pray you to heaven. And so we get this call in the middle of the night and she was an officer as well. So we didn't pay too much attention. She was on leave mental health. She was on leave for that. They had taken away her gun. She was an officer and so then when she got released to come back to work, it wasn't a good week. One good week, uh, China, and she took her life. She took her son to school. She came back and took her life at home. Wow. Now, I said all of that to say these are happy people. Yeah. They're bubbly. Yeah. You don't see the signs. You don't see in between. You, you just don't see it. Yeah. But here's the thing that I want the audience to know. When you get a person that suddenly gets quiet and, and then you start to see them withdraw from all the things that they love doing. Now, wait, hold it right there. What about kids? A lot of them don't talk. A lot of them are quiet. There you go. The kids don't talk. The kids. So, so when you start seeing them withdraw from social contacts, wanting to be okay. alone, social media, like their own friends that they have been with for the beginning of school, and yeah. then then when you see increasing use of of alcohol or drugs, they're trying to drown out the problems or okay. change in normal routine, including eating 
and sleeping patterns. When you begin to see all these little things, you have to pay attention because you know the routine, your friends, you, you guys go to McDonald's after school, you do this, you do that. And then when they start to do risky or self-destructive things such as driving recklessly or, or not really caring about what's going on in the surroundings, that's when you should start listening. That's yeah. when you should start asking questions. Right. And particularly when you see the mood swings, such as being emotionally high one day and then deeply, deeply, deeply discouraged the next day. These are yeah. highs and lows. Mm -hmm. Even and a blind person talking to a person, they would know. Mm -hmm. So you need to pay attention to pay these attention. things. Yeah. Pay attention. Definitely. Also, talking about they're a burden or making preparations. Yeah. This is something I, I wanted to get out yeah. there too. Your children might not like that you go through their stuff, mm -hmm. but you should go through their stuff. Absolutely. Okay. I remember one time going through my youngest son's emails. I hacked into, like I said, maybe I shouldn't have done it, but I did it. And I hacked into his email and I seen an email on MySpace. It was MySpace at the time where in a private message, He's meeting this girl, you know, and they were going to kiss and all this stuff. Well, he came home from school and I didn't tell him about it or anything. I pretended like I didn't know. And I gave him a whole bunch of jobs till 10 o'clock that night. He <laughs> did not get no kissing done that day. But yeah, you have to go through their stuff. Okay. Like I said, they might not like it. And if they throw too much of a fit, do it when they're not around. Mm -hmm. Okay, go through their drawers, go under their mattresses, under their, their, you might find something and then you'll be able to get help or do whatever you have to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. there's always a way, but doing nothing, remember people, is never a solution, should never be a solution. Never. Okay. And never. I was going to say, China, and even when you have, we're talking about the teens now, the younger people, they're giving away their favorite cell phone mm -hmm. or giving away their personal belongings. You should, you should tune in to that. Hey, what's going on, bud? Yeah. You know what? This is your favorite phone. This is not like you. Yeah. Now, yeah. these are the younger people. But say for you and I, as you know, the older group, when you mm -hmm. see a person that is drowning in their job, like, like they never stop and are always on the go. And when they're not working, they go to a gym. Some mm -hmm. people work out their craziness, like mm -hmm. in the gym, they may frustration. Yeah. Yeah. Or they may go out with their friends, like mm -hmm. never stop. If they sit down or watch the show on television, typically they will still be doing something, several other things at the same time. And a yeah. person struggling, it's a person struggling with depression. You, these are early signs. So mm -hmm. when you see a person like you trying to call, you trying to talk to them, yeah. well, I'm busy right now, or I got this to do, I got this. No. Something's no, not right. No, you, let, hey, let's, let's have lunch. Now, can yeah. I come over? You know, hey, I'll, I'll be, what, 10 minutes. I want to see you. Right. Now, we also have to learn to work out our problems, okay? Yeah, you get help when you need help. Mm -hmm. But, okay, I know people, they have problems paying their bills, and they're going to their mama, hey, I need help paying my bill. Wait, what? Get a second job. If you can't pay your bills, 
get a second job. That's a no-brainer, okay? Don't commit suicide because you couldn't pay your bills or you're feeling like you don't have enough money and nobody's helping you out. Help yourself. Yeah. Get a second job. It is not cool to leave people behind that love you so much. No. Okay, because no. they're still here. That is not cool. Taking your life if it's just because you didn't get your way or yeah. you were feeling sad. Think about that before you do it. And here's something that scientists have found out. Okay, you might be feeling sad, mad, angry, whatever the case is. Put a smile on your face. Your brain will immediately make you forget that suicidal thought or anger or sadness. Okay, because you've put another emotion into the equation and mm -hmm. your brain will not resist it. It will take it on. Put a smile on your face. Pray to God. Ask God to help you. And I guarantee you'll wake up the next day. Mm -hmm. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, cast down all your negative thoughts and think up on pure things. I wish I had that scripture in front of me. But simply what you're talking about, you know, we have to replace our negative thoughts with positive thoughts. We have to discipline our emotions. When your emotions is out of, that's the number one thing that we need to do. Breathe first. Take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. Count to two before you mm -hmm. go off, before you shoot to 100. You know, yeah. understand what's happening. There's warnings before you shoot to 100. Your hands may begin to start getting wet or your heart start palpating. Real, You know when you're getting ready to shoot until a 100 stage. You, you oh, just yeah. have to really, really use discipline and think before you talk and just just breathe and say, you know, hey, let me let me just stop for a minute. And then once you learn how to do some of those techniques, it, yeah. it, it helps. It pays off. But you got to sit down, talk to someone. You got to learn these things. You have to want to learn these things and you yeah. have to open up your heart to new and better things. Definitely. And if you let go of tomorrow, you are missing out on so much. You know, God has so many plans for our tomorrows. He He's going to give us children. He's going to give us a husband or a wife. Mm -hmm. or He's going to give us so much, so many more blessings. Mm -hmm. And if we take our lives and end and miss out on tomorrow, what a sad thing yeah. that is. But it's also a sad thing for us to lose hope. Yeah. Never lose hope. Okay. You could talk to somebody, see a bum on the street and find hope, you know, call and your I mama, somebody. Yeah. somebody. I think this right. is part of discipline to help a person when they understand what they have control over themselves. Mm -hmm. that's the number one thing. And what they don't have control over, then they Perfect. will learn to do better. Perfect. Because we don't have control over other people. Okay. Exactly. If you exactly. have a whole bunch of jerks in your life, there's nothing you can do about them, but you can do something about you. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have control over their opinions, their nope. action, the future, the past, what happens around you, what people think about. These are the things that you don't have control over. But yes. what you do have control over in your mind is your thoughts and actions, your boundaries, your goals that you set, what you give your energy to, 
and how you speak to yourself. This yes. is how you handle your challenges because you oh, have amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. V. Great job as always. I am so blessed to have you. God bless you. I hope we save some lives today because knowledge is power for real, for real. Okay. And the more we know, the better we can conquer the enemy wanting us to destroy ourselves, which is his main goal. Okay. Mm -hmm. So have a great day, everyone. Wow. That was a great show. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Well, this is the wow show and I'm your host, China Myers. Thank you for being here. And I want to say thank you I was lost and you found me I was dead inside and you breathed into me And you brought these bones to life I want to say thank you Thank you for saving me Thank you for loving me unconditionally, God, you stood with open arms.